A very long time ago, and quite a long way away, two friends lay in the grass talking about the people they one day hoped to become. Many, many years later, the Doctor is lost. You aren't lost in a labyrinth or in deep space, nor are you lost in thought. In fact, right now, it's very, very difficult for you to think about anything. There is just this overriding sense of weight. Or is it pressure? Yes, pressure, as if you are being pulled through space. No, not just through space, through something else. Time, perhaps, but this doesn't feel like time travel. You aren't moving forwards or backwards. In fact, it feels like all of history's least impressive job transitions, like a sideways move. Then, suddenly, there is an almighty popping in your ears. That pressure you mistook for a weight vanishes, replaced with actual weight, gravity, pulling you to the ground that is now beneath your feet. Suddenly, you can think again, and your first thought, your first realization, is that you are no longer where you were a moment ago, with Carrie on the planet Sedecus in the middle of what you're sure was going to be a solid B-minus adventure at best. Now, you're somewhere else. Where are you? If only you could focus without that alarm blaring all around you, a repeating tone like a surly bird slowly pecking at a broken synthesizer. You realize you're holding something, a charred box of some kind, smoldering like it's very recently caught fire. But more shocking is the fact that, in the transition from there to here, your clothes have changed entirely. You're no longer wearing your trademark coat and scarf ensemble. Instead, you're wearing a long, sleek leather jacket with an ornate collar adorned with swirls and coils reminiscent of the Seal of Rassilon. Your surroundings are starting to come into focus now, and you realize you are somewhere you haven't been in a very long time. Not since you were eight years old, in fact. You stand at the fore of the Untempered Schism, a large stone ring on Gallifrey that usually serves as a gap into the time vortex. Now, the ring is empty. A voice calls, Stay where you are! As commands go, it's shockingly easy to follow. Your body is still catching up to its new predicament. But the source of the voice is not difficult to identify. You are surrounded on all sides by the Chancellery Guard, stasers pointed in your direction. You hear one of the Chancellery Guards speak into a communicator, careful not to risk pointing his staser away from you. Inform the High Council. We've apprehended the intruder at the Untempered Schism. It's her. It's the master. Meanwhile, on the planet Sedecus, Carrie, you have just watched your friend and travelling companion, the Doctor, collapse. You're kneeling at his side now, turning your friend's face towards you, and slowly, his eyes begin to open, and you sigh 
a breath of relief as a smile creeps across the doctor's familiar, friendly face. What do you do? He? Is that the correct pronoun that I heard? In this instance, yes. Okay, I I just wanted to double check that my hearing wasn't wrong because- You are are looking at him. This is is the face of the doctor as you have known him, as you have traveled with him uh, through different planets, different times, all the experiences that you have had together. Lean down and check in on him. Are you are you doing okay? Bump your head a bit, doctor. Ah, I, 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 psychic transmission. It just blocked me for autons. Gary, Gary, we must we must locate the TARDIS immediately. There's danger. It's the autons. Okay, remember last time we talked about this? You have to go slower so I can write down these notes. Okay, danger, Atons, TARDIS, now. TARDIS, now! Right, yes. okay, let's go to yes. the TARDIS now! Yes, all uh, own memory is just wiped from the psychic blast that I've received. Like, I, where are we? What, t- tell me what has transpired in the last, in the last hour or so. What, what has happened? Let me let me fill you in, uh, Carrie, on what you and the Doctor have been doing. So for the last hour, you have been on the planet Sedekis. It is a planet filled with lush red grass and blue jungle foliage. Um, and there are a number of uh, different tribes uh, on this planet. Very sim- simple tribes, simple people, simple tools. Um, but the arrival of the TARDIS triggered a an event in one of the tribes. They I, they mistakenly believe the arrival of the TARDIS as an omen to uh, begin what they believe to be the Age of Blood, where they will slaughter all of the other tribes and claim dominion over this era. And so they seized the TARDIS. They stole the TARDIS. And you have been journeying to this tribe to speak to their leader to try to recover the TARDIS. So that is the adventure you were in the middle of uh, when the doctor collapsed. Got it. Uh, so I relay some of his information to the doctor, however, in Carrie fashion. And I want to say, uh, I, I make this reference. So doc, for the last hours, this is essentially, have you, have you seen the cinematic masterpiece that is the road to El Dorado? Please tell me this is a yes. Um, uh, uh, I, uh, so one of those moving pictures, uh, I think yeah. with cartoons and so on. Yes. yes. yes, yes yeah, okay. All you need to know is like two colonizers come into South America and they act like gods and then the people think they're gods. Sorry, not the people, the indigenous folks of Latin America. Forgive me. Forgive me, Carrie says to this guy. Uh, and, and they come in as gods, but they're not really gods. But there is a guy who's using them as gods, and then he just ends up murdering a bunch of people. So that's essentially what's happening. You are the Tulio to my Miguel. Yes, so we are gods. I, well, sorry. Uh, um, not, not gods, but pretenders to be gods. Uh, I understand, uh, yes. Uh, no, but no, it no. Is, no. It is of paramount importance that we find the TARDIS. The TARDIS. Where is the TARDIS? Right. I don't quite remember that, but we're we're not gods. We're not even playing pretend. They think we're gods. It's it's not a good thing. I see. Well, you know, sometimes playing a god can be helpful, but that'll be a story for another time. But first, uh, yeah. we must find the TARDIS. There's right. a warning. We must go. Yeah, I was like I was like I don't have a tool. Carrie does not have a tool for like find the TARDIS here like on an iPhone. Well, I will say you you do know that this this particular tribe has the TARDIS, so you were heading in that direction to speak to their leader. 
um, who you've already had a previous encounter with. His, uh, his name is Vistan. Yeah, I, I kind of want to bandage the doctor up first with my, my little uh, first aid kit and my fanny pack. I mean, yeah, like, sure. you know, Band-Aid might be irrelevant, but I, you know what? I'm going to be a good PA. I'm going to check my boxes. I'm going to make okay, sure my um, talent is good to go. <laughs> go ahead. Give me an ingenuity and medicine role. Um, you ha- you know absolutely nothing about Time Lord physiology, um, so I'm going to say you get a negative three on this role. I would be a negative four, but I know that you've had experience with... Um, with the doctor a little bit before yeah. I think we tackled that at the end of season yeah. two before the uh, do I do I get enemy of the good extra bump for reliable? <laughs> uh, no, because you're not being left on your own. Oh, that's uh, true. To do Dang this. it! Ah, okay, so minus three. Oh man, you just you just really knocked me down a couple pegs, didn't you? Just... It's how I roll. Oh, well, it's actually, it's how you roll. Yeah. Uh, six. Was that your total roll? Yeah. Because oh. you hurt me. You hurt me. <laughs> And then I rolled a three and a one. Uh, that is a no and. That's very, that's not great. Yeah. Um, but but also, I think in this moment, uh, in this moment, uh, I think it's just you wrapping a bandage on on uh, on the, the doctor's head, such as it is. So I think you just wrap the bandage, and I think that uh, that's pretty much all you do if you want to continue. It's such a bad oh. roll, she's temporarily blinded me. It's like, oh, no, no, <laughs> She no. wrapped the bandage over your eyes. Yes, exactly. Hi, I can't, you, you, no, I'm fine. Can we oh, please? Oh, sorry, you get to spend sorry, the rest sorry. of this I'll adventure just... looking like the Invisible Man, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I like, I like, cut, right. like little eye holes out of the bandage instead of just like pulling it down. <laughs> All right, all right, that's better. Now you can see. See? Because I cut little eye holes for you. Ugh, you po- so you poked him in the eye with both cuts. <laughs> <laughs> now he's crying. <laughs> How is this right, ever so... just... Never mind. TARDIS! <laughs> yes, Where? TARDIS! And... Away! Ha-ha! Who? All right. Carrie, who has the TARDIS? Yeah, uh, uh, these... Crazy space alien people. I call everything space aliens because I, you don't have a book of species here, Doctor. We really need to talk about this. A tribe, a leader, someone. Ah, uh, yeah, we were on our way to see the leader, though. I do ah. know that he's the one with the biggest like hair plume thing going on. Wonderful. I want to speak with this person. Yeah, yeah. Preferably just, uh... alone. Oh, I mean, that's fine. I, I'll just, you know, I'll just keep my hands to myself. You need to do that. I've received a psychic message. You are in danger, Carrie. We need the TARDIS. Please, take me to this leader. What is this person's name? Come on. We're getting there. I'm getting there, okay? You know, it's hard for me to walk and figure this out and remember names. Look, as I said, I need a note. I need a notepad. That's why we're walking while we're talking right now. We're walking while we're talking. I'm guessing we're, like, making progress towards this direction (laughs) where we're going while we're having this little discourse. Yes. (laughs) Doctor, you are very aware that something is very wrong as you are being... You're starting to regain control of your body as the Chancellor Guard are kind of leading you through the capital um, towards the office of one of Gallifrey's Prime Ministers. Now, in the wake of the events of the Enemy of the Good... Um, and the Sisterhood of Khan kind of rejoining the Time Lords on Gallifrey. Uh, Gallifrey now has a dual leadership system. 
there are uh, there is a Time Lord Prime Minister and a Sisterhood Prime Minister who work in tandem and have kind of uh, this combination them working together and communicating and sharing and cooperating has kind of ushered in a new a new era for Gallifrey. It's a much friendlier place to be, uh, especially with the Doctorate program. Uh, things on Gallifrey are in a much better, more positive place. Um, they had to call so it the Doctorate program, didn't they? Didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you are being brought to the office of uh, Prime Minister Rossin, who is sitting at a large, ornate desk adorned with uh, way, way too many seals of Rassilon. Behind him are a number of bicycle wheels and hubcaps that have all been hastily glued and spray-painted silver to the back of the wall to uh, just very... They didn't have a lot of time to decorate this room, but here it is. This is what it looks like. And uh, as the Chancellor Guard leads you in, Prime Minister Rossin is apparently signing something, and he finishes signing, and then he looks up at you and uh, he says, Why Why did you... I'm just, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Why the untempered schism? What did you think you were going to accomplish here? Well, I um, I can't say that I... Oh, that's not how I thought I would sound. Oh, that's... It's very strange. Um, I don't know, actually. I, I, I was there, and then I felt a strange energy, and then your guards found me, and... Okay, why is the room covered in the metal? I know I... This was... This was the doctor's... I'm assuming the doctor taught you this trick, and... Oh, I don't like this at all. This is going to be very hard on my throat by the end of this. Um, yes, uh, I guess it's... Is it my throat? Oh, strange. Now, I don't know how I got there. Your gods well, may have found a strange device in my hands. And yes. when I held it out, well, I, I don't know what would, caused it. Would you like me to recap the events that led you to this moment? I'm, I, we have the recordings, we have the... Uh, we have the footage, as it were. Everything is uploaded to the Matrix, so I can happily walk you through what happened. Sure, I think this is a great moment for more exposition. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Let's have that happen right now. <laughs> it's very simple. You you were invited to our planet. You were invited to re return return home, our la the last uh, daughter of Gallifrey, to be separated from, from the planet in the, the new era. We invited you back. And you ran. You ran to the untempered schism. You did something we are still not sure what it did. Uh, but the long and the short of it is the untempered schism is gone. We don't know if we're going to be able to restore it. And I think probably the best steps here are... I, th I think you are long overdue, Master, for an execution. Wait, hang on. I, th that seems very... Uh antithetical to what's happening on Gallifrey these days. The fact of the matter is you are a, a relic. You are from a different time, a less enlightened time. And the sooner that we can close the book on that era of Gallifreyan history, the sooner we can move on and prosper in the new time. And no, discarding your problems and erasing them from existence and trying to pretend they don't fester is exactly what led Gallifrey as the old way that it was. Uh, and there is another voice uh, coming from the from the doorway from behind you, and it is a uh, a woman's voice, and she says, "I couldn't agree more." And uh, entering the room now is a another. Uh, representative. It is a member of the Sisterhood of Khan, 
and she's wearing the red robes with the gold trim, uh, looking very much like a member of the Sisterhood of Khan would look. Um, and she looks at Rossen and says, Rossen, Rossen, clearly this is not the way to proceed with things. You haven't even offered this woman a drink. Has, has, has he offered you any kind of beverage or... Uh, or food, snack, no, nibbles, not, anything? No, not even like a like a jelly baby or something. I'm going to do a little roll. She she looks at you and she looks you up and down, and she closes her eyes and tilts her head. And she looks at you and she says, "Would you care for a jelly baby?" Yes, I think I would like a jelly baby. And also some tea would be very good. Some with tea. some honey for my throat. Very well. And she turns to the member of the Chancellor Guard that escorted you into the room and she says, uh, uh, Coin, if you could please uh, go and fetch some uh, some tea and some jelly babies. I believe you'll find those uh, on Sol 3 circa late 20th, early 21st century. My name is Prime Minister Karai. I represent the interests of the Sisterhood of Khan here on Gallifrey, and it really is quite impressive. You look exactly like her. How have you done this? And Rossen says, What do you what do you mean? You look it's her, it's the master. And Karai says, No, 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 no. No. It she she has the master's body and the master's clothes, but I I believe we're speaking to someone else right now. Isn't that right? Doctor. Yes, I am afraid it is. I I didn't think you'd believe me, and it seemed like a crazy story to share, so I thought I would just go with it and find my way to a TARDIS and steal it and find my TARDIS. That's almost exactly what you should be doing, but this is this is perhaps a little more complex than than that. Uh Rossen, could you could you give us some privacy for a moment, please? And Rossen says, listen, I am every bit as much of a prime minister as you, and I don't care to be left out of these proceedings. And, and Karai says, oh, in the same way that you left me out of your plan to assassinate the master. And uh, Rossen shrugs and leaves the room. And uh, Karai says to you, I, I am so sorry that this has happened. Uh, what's the last thing you remember? Well, I was I was on a planet with my companion Carrie, and there were these beings... I was on the, the planet Sudeikis, and there were these beings that were celebrating some sort of ritual. Next thing I know, I was standing in front of the schism in this body with this outfit, and I don't know what's happening now. If what I suspect has happened has happened, then we are all in grave danger, but none of us more than you, Master. Doctor. Sorry, sorry. You are you are the Doctor. I, I know this. I, I have to ask, how did you figure it out? I gave no indication, and I don't know how it's seeable. The... To put it in, in terms that you've heard before, Time Lord Science is elevated among the sisterhood, and we have a relationship with the web of time and the time vortex that is a little different to that of the Time Lords of Gallifrey. And you just felt 
different. Uh, Time Lords have very specific auras. Even as they regenerate from one body to the next, if you had regenerated into this form, then I would still know that you were... My aura is purple. I get it now. Excellent. Yeah, it's that's, purple. That's it's great. It's got it's yeah. got polka dots on it. It's fantastic. It really livens up a room. Whenever you walk in, everyone... But Thank you. If what has happened, if what I believe has happened has happened, we are all of us in great danger. Something is wrong with time. I believe there has been a shift in the timeline, and you have, you and the the master have exchanged places in this version of history. The doctor lived the master's life, and the master lived the doctor's, and now you are standing here on Gallifrey, where the master once stood, and the master is presumably where you were, on Sedecus. Shifting an entire timeline around one individual is exceptionally dangerous. It's a wonder that the, the master didn't crush you both trying, but the trick is going to be shifting things back to the way that they were. Well, that does explain and... the raspy voice. I think, I think eons of annoying monologues have probably led to this degree. However, I want to say that's you said that no one was in more danger than me, but I think you're wrong. I think my friend Carrie might be in the gravest danger of all, and it's very important we get to her as soon as possible. The Master, or should I say the Doctor, and his companion Carrie have arrived at the tribe. It is uh, a kind of protected by a... Uh, a, a fencing made of made of the thickest wood from the the trees in the jungle, and there are two guards uh, with uh, uh, kind of feathery floral headdresses uh, and uh, large spikes, which now appear to be ordained with or, or, or kind of uh, uh, covered in drawings and paintings of the TARDIS, the shape of the TARDIS, that blue box, the windows, the light on the top, and they see you coming and immediately drop to one knee to kneel before you. Hey, friends! We're back! I brought snacks! Yeah! At the risk of... At the risk of... A cliché, but please, take me to your leader. I have a gift for him. Very, very well. And the the one of them stands up and leads you to... uh, Through this, uh, this little village of uh, huts and con- constructions leading you to a kind of a large central dome and um, for you this, the construction of this dome uh, maybe brings back memories or maybe the village itself brings back memories of the village that you uh, that you left behind you on the planet Nark where you served as its protector um, but you uh, the guard leads you into this uh, into this hut and on a large uh, throne of, of wood uh, sits a person who you recognize as Vistan with the large feathery headdress that Carrie described um, and a, uh, a uh, very recently constructed uh, beverage holder in his right hand that is a humanoid skull, I should say, with a handle kind of scre- screwed into the side filled with a liquid of indeterminate uh, color, but it certainly smells pungent. And Vistan looks at you and he says, Ah! Tis the gods! Fantastic! Presumably you come to to uh, ride with us on our conquest. Do I see the TARDIS anywhere? Is it within this area? Do I see it? Uh, the, the, the TARDIS uh, 
go ahead and give me a give me an awareness and awareness and knowledge roll. And I'll give you a plus four because you know what the you like you absolutely know the TARDIS, you know what you're looking and for. It's two of these, right? Yes, please. Okay. It's two of those, yes please. Seven. So go ahead and add your awareness and your knowledge from your sheet, and then add four to that as well. And give me that total. Seven. Yes. Behind uh, Vistan is a, a kind of a, 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 a curtain made of reeds, and behind that you see unmistakably the lights of the uh, the TARDIS kind of shining through as the uh, as the reeds kind of sway back and forth. Okay. One other question is: um, uh, Are we alone in this room? Uh, there are uh, two guards to the left and right of the room, and then there's the guard that walked you into the room. So it's uh, Vistan, a total of three guards, you and Carrie. Okay, me and Carrie. Okay. Vistan, my old friend, so, so nice to see you. I have a very, very special gift that I must bestow upon you, but it is only for your eyes. Is there any way we can have a, a moment of privacy, please? Privacy, you say? Yes. And I, I would like you to do another roll, and this is going to be presence and convince. I was going to ask if, uh, because Carrie is used to being very close to the doctor mm-hmm. on most adventures, like, is it red flagging her that this doctor is wanting distance? How, Michael, how do you want to play that? What do you think? Uh, I think after uh, Dino's roll, uh, Joe should roll. Okay, yeah, that's. that's Definitely a good idea. Um, I'm also, Dino, so you're going to roll uh, Presence and Convince, and you're also going to add plus two because you have the Charming trait on your character sheet. Got nine. Nine plus 12. Uh, With your Charming, that's 24. It's up there. It's up there. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Viston uh, uh, looks to the two guards and the guard that, that escorted you in and claps his hands and what i would like carrie to do in this moment um is i would like you to do an ingenuity and knowledge roll please oh ho, ho, my two strongest traits we've never put carrie in this situation before i'm so proud of her oh ho. yes ha ha we're at a 19 Oh That's wow! That's a good roll. Thank Very you. Good. Wow! Thank you, everybody. I know finally, right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say with that roll, something definitely seems to be up with the doctor, but you can't you can't quite put your finger on exactly what it is. But he's not acting the way that he he would usually act. Got you. Okay, I'm gonna just tuck that in my back pocket. Yeah, Viston, uh, having cleared out the guards, uh, now beckons to you both and says come now doctor let's not be shy why don't you approach my throne and present me with your gift a moment Viston. i need a quick word with my companion carrie yes remember remember what i said you are in danger we must take the tardis i need you to stand away i will distract Viston. Then we must make for the TARDIS immediately. There is great, great danger. You must believe me. I'm with you, but he seems really friendly, so we don't need to sneak into the TARDIS. We just need to ask him, you know? Like a person. (laughs) 
I understand that you take your history from animated films, but in this case, I'd very much like to have a private word with Viston before we scuttle away. It's very important. Is there a way that Carrie answers to the doctor, yes, but she's going to be suspicious and listen in? That is absolutely, if you want to do that, the what we're it. going... I'm going to have Dino roll presence and convince, and I would like Carrie to roll ingenuity and subterfuge, and you're basically rolling against each other. Right. Do do I possibly get voice of authority with that, like, the, the like, yes? Well, no, the Michael's master giving me also... A no. Michael's giving me a no. Ma- the master also has voice of authority, so oh, they both cancel each other out. They cancel each other out. They sure do. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Can, can, can Dino go first? <laughs> can Dino tell me what number he gets first? 19. Oh, Lord. 19. Okay, yeah, this is just going to be real ridiculously funny. Uh, I rolled an 8. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that you you lose by quite a substantial amount. Yeah. So this is no and. Not only are you no longer suspicious of the master as the doctor, um, you you are convinced now that your life is in danger. Like the Whoa. doctor has just told you that there is danger and that you are specifically in danger, um, and you believe it. Can I can I toss you two story points? I don't know uh, what that if you changes want to- it to. That would put you up to a no but. Uh, you know what? I I prefer a no but versus the no and. So I will okay. I will gladly toss you, like money your way. You know, because the no and I, I'm 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 struggle bussing with a septimate. Yeah. Toss two points uh, in the morning. Toss two points at night. Sorry. All right. <laughs> so the the no but uh means that you are unfortunately you're not able to uh try to listen in. Uh, while the uh, the doctor is having his conversation with Viston, but you definitely like some you you are pretty much convinced at this point that something is up. Okay, cool. Um, it's just not it, you. You get the feeling it wouldn't be safe to try to listen in. Okay, got you. I got you. That's okay. perfectly chill. All right. Uh, so does that mean Carrie leaves the 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 hut? I, I would you? like to ask Viston. Yeah. If it's okay, if Carrie can wait in the TARDIS. Oh, that's a big ask. Uh, Go ahead and roll presence and convince again. You have voice of authority as well. If you tell me how you want to say this to Viston uh, will affect whether or not I will let you use voice of authority. How do you want to to present this? Viston, this is for your ears only. I would like Carrie to wait within the TARDIS so that only your ears find these words. Okay, yeah, I'll let you take a plus two for voice of authority on that as well. All right. 20. Oh, heck yeah. Okay, yeah, so uh, uh, Viston looks at you and looks at Carrie and looks back at the TARDIS and says, Very well, your accomplice may wait in your omen box. Oh, thank you, great Viston. So much. And, like, Carrie's doing, like, little half bows, like, as she's, like, backing her butt into the TARDIS and, like, um, <laughs> shuts the door, like, in her face. Is is there a way that um, Carrie can surreptitiously 
lock it so that because because she's still suspicious. Hmm. So is there a safety precaution she can do that she's aware of? Uh, I would say the simplest thing you can do uh, is the the TARDIS door on the inside still looks like a wooden door with a uh, kind of a Yale lock. There's a little latch on that. You can just click that latch and then the door is is securely locked. Okay. Um, I, but I can I, still yeah. get in. Uh, in theory, I mean, you wouldn't be able to use the, the, the key specifically, but the latch just uh, looks like a regular latch. It's just, just kind of site precedent for this. Um, in Utopia, when uh, the Master goes inside the Doctor's TARDIS, he does the latch, and then as he's walking to the TARDIS, the Tenth Doctor is trying to get the sonic screwdriver out to unlatch the door, and then the Master hits a switch on the on the TARDIS console to lock the door uh, in a less in a more sonic-proof manner. Uh, I don't think Carrie would know about that lock, but I do think she would know about the latch. Okay, so I can do the latch, but not like yes. the full lock. Which is fine. Unless you can unless you can justify a reason why Carrie wouldn't know about that lock. No, I don't think she she does, but I, I think okay. she would still at least know about the latch. Okay. Perfect. Alright, so um Carrie has stepped into the TARDIS and is now just uh the master as the doctor and Vistan. As I would like, as she's going into the TARDIS, to give her, you know, a quick look. Something that says, you know, just wait, you know, almost. You know, danger. Like, I mouth the words, great danger. We must go. <laughs> okay. And, like, Carrie, like, winks. Like, as, as like, like in the little tiny crack of the door before she latches it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. And it is just you and Vistan now. Okay. I would like to hand Vistan a device that mesmerizes a jeweled device that just mesmerizes him. Just <gasps> something that just okay. goes right in, right into the brain pan there and just <gasps> freezes him. Okay. That is, uh, that's going to be a story point spend. Um, I would like you to spend four story points. And this being the first story point spend, I have an interesting thing to tell Dino and Riley. So right now, you are sharing story points. You have a pool of 15 story points that you are using together. Whenever you uh, spend those story points, they are taken from your shared pool. So you had 15, and you now have 11. Okay. And you hand this device to Vistan, and he's kind of looking at it. He starts to look kind of lost in it. And while he's staring at it, what do you want to do? Leave. Just leave him standing there staring at this thing. Just like... Just... Just staring. Okay, yeah, he's absolutely lost in it. Okay. Um, and he's not looking away. He's kind of slumped in his chair with this device in his hand. Time to go. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, all right, you walk towards the TARDIS door and uh, try to open the door, and the door is locked. I would try my key. You can try your key in the lock, but it won't turn. Right. You do have, however, the Doctor's sonic screwdriver. Ah, okay. Well, I would use the screwdriver. Does he have to use the square points from the screwdriver to make that happen? That is true. You would have to use, uh, just to do a simple unlock, that's one story point, right? But, but the screwdriver has its own right. story points. So that, yes, it has its own. Yeah, you don't have to take that away from the pool okay. of story points you have. The screwdriver has its own pool of two story okay. points. Okay. So you have one point left on the Sonic. Um, Carrie, while you hear the door, you hear the fumbling for the door, you hear the Sonic, you hear the click. What are you doing? Uh, is... Oh, gosh. Like, I was like, was like... 
What does Carrie know that she can do to check the reality of this? Is there something she can do with the cat? Because the cats are there. I'm like, I'm like trying to think. Um, that is true. There are two cats. There are. Um, is there a way she can check on Mr. Measers? Because like, you know, they're they're they are soul cat and soul person. So she would know him quite intimately. So mm -hmm. is there a way to, for her to check if he's a little off kilter? Because she's not. She she doesn't have any. She's actually teching up, so checking the actual TARDIS itself would not be yeah. helpful. That you'd you'd be no that's a that's a role of a device you've never used before, don't know how to use, and you have tech and Right. So that would you that would be a you'd be starting with a deficit right. on the role there. I'm I'm just trying um, to think of creative ways for her to check, like because she's suspicious. So Yeah. No, I love this. Yeah, I love the idea of the cats. You do have the doctor's cat Gunther uh is there. Oh, just Gunther. You got Gunther and Mr. Okay. Mises, but I think of the two, Gunther's been traveling with the Doctor for, uh, for a while. Got it. Okay, so um, I think in in the process of uh, this Doctor in this reality trying to jiggle at the door, Carrie is leaning down and trying to communicate with Gunther as as best as she can, and like I guess because we know that cats meow only to get mm -hmm. to humans. Uh, she starts trying to meow at Gunther it, as best as she can to convey there's something up. I'm not really sure what. <laughs> this is absolutely I mean, wild. I'm, and I I'm happy it. to just be like, <laughs> just just give you some audio of meow, you meow, meow, <laughs> meow, Dr. Meow, Dr. Meow. <laughs> All right, we're changing the name of the show officially. You... Uh, the master is the doctor. You uh, open the TARDIS door to see Carrie uh, talking to Gunther under the TARDIS console, just meowing at this cat. Okay. Right now, my only concern is to get to the controls and get us out of here. Okay. All right. Um, so you step to the controls. And to use the TARDIS, I need you to do an ingenuity and technology role and you're going to add was it plus four for vortex it was plus four sure yeah so technology and uh ingenuity plus four plus your dice 27 that's very good all right what are you do what are you doing with the TARDIS consoles right now i just lift us off just just all right. punch in coordinate go uh, the the TARDIS uh, makes that wheezing, groaning sound that it is known for. And if anyone were standing in the hut and were not currently mesmerized by a pocket mesmomatic 9000, they would uh, observe the TARDIS uh, fading away. But they are there's no one there capable of processing what they're seeing. So, Carrie, listen to me. I I know I seem out of it. Uh, but I received a psychic warning all the way from Gallifrey. The Autons, they are on the move. I am sending us now, back to Earth, to your hometown of Burbank. We're going to early 2020. There is a giant celebration that is going on in your town for something known as the Super Bowl. I need you to be armed and go into the crowds. Search through the crowds. Find as many people as you can and look for Autons. I have to 
commence my search. From the TARDIS, together we will work. We will be in constant communication. But I need you to search out the crowds. Arm yourself now. We will be there in moments. Don't leave anyone alone. Search every man, woman, and child you can find. Huh. Uh, Carrie just takes a mental note that the doctor has mentioned multiple times to arm up. But she remembers that the doctor very clearly knows her love attachment to her baseball bat. So mm-hmm. she's she's just she's just gonna tuck that in with her other little little suspicions, and she she faces the the current doctor, uh, aka the master, and says, Abs- "Absolutely, you know what? I, I'm gonna grab this bat right here. You know, what? I'm gonna take Gunther with Perfect. me. We have those backpacks, and you know, Gunther's always good in a tight situation. Um, you call me. You got my. Of course, you have my cell number. What am I even asking about right now?" Uh, yes, and absolutely. It, I will right. be in Earth's orbit. We will be in constant contact with each other. Wait, Notify wait, wait, me wait, the wait. moment you find any Autons, any, you and I, particularly you, are in great danger. We are heading them off. I think I'm in more danger if you stay on this TARDIS, so, uh, why don't, why don't you, uh, you know, you know, buddy system. It's always, it's always better with two, right? It's not possible. I have to fend off the armada from space. I need you on the ground. Ooh. Carrie's just relying on a lot of her back knowledge of the doctor, and there usually isn't separation unless there is clear and present danger, like there's an actual force happening. Um, added okay. in with the fact that this doctor didn't know that she always, you know, she's she's like uh, Bruce Banner. She's always angry, aka she always has her back. Um, so I think that combined makes her a little bit nervous, uh, to leave this doctor alone in the TARDIS because she could just get dumped in a year before she was taken and she doesn't know what's happening at that point. Okay. So, uh, with that, how do you want to respond to the doctor's insistence that you, uh, head out into Burbank 2020? Uh, I think Carrie is... I think her plan right now is just to fake the the weaker card of like I can't do this without you. So she she turns to the doctor and is like I I really would prefer if you came down with me, you know. We're only about 5 adventures together without Travis and this is making me really nervous to be by myself. You never leave me by myself. What if things explode again? I understand. I truly understand. But the powerful forces, the the images that that came over me, the the earth and flames this, this is what we must do. Um, you know what? I'm gonna just take you with me. You know what? I'm gonna just, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna touch down together and we're gonna scope it out just, just for five seconds. Just stay with me on the ground and then once you give the go-ahead and we check it out, you can, you can go back up. Deal? Fine. Okay, It great. cannot be long. It cannot be long. I must head off the invasion from orbit. Great. I have, I have a watch on, I'll, I'll time it for five minutes. Back to Gallifrey and uh, Prime Minister Karai and the Doctor as the Master are walking towards the central TARDIS hub where TARDISes are lined up and parked. And Karai says to you, here are our TARDISes. You may, you may take whichever one you wish for your, uh, for your journey. Oh, I've never had the experience of just being allowed to take one before. Um, 
I guess that one. And then she runs to a different one and jumps into that instead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, you step inside. It is a TARDIS in kind of a default state with the... Uh, the very clean, sleek, white uh, TARDIS console and walls, the uh, backlit roundels. It's very, uh, very, very hell-bent. Very, very twice upon a time. And uh, you step in as the TARDIS doors make that slow closing uh, sound behind you, and the TARDIS is yours. I first, Of course, I run to the milk or water machine, and then I... <laughs> deep cut uh and then yeah i think I, I i think i look for i think i use the psychic circuit and i try to hone in on my memories of carrie because okay. I, I figure that's the closest that i have is like since my brain waves are still here i think that the best way that i can find my friend is to uh to hone in on, on carrie adventures that we had together and also like the last few months we've been traveling without travis so Okay, go ahead and give me an Ingenuity plus Technology roll with a plus four for Vortex. Okay. Okay, um, I had a 13, I rolled a six, so I have a 19. Uh, 19's a good roll. It is a yes, but. So you are able to pick up uh, traces of uh, Carrie's psychic signature uh, in space and time. Where the signal takes you as you as it comes up on the, the very nice, very flat screen display uh, above the TARDIS console is the... Uh, Planet Sedecus, uh not long after you last remember being there. Okay. Um, I am going to follow that trail because I feel like maybe if I go there, then I can then follow the Vortex signature from there to where they went next. Like I'm, I want to I go there mm-hmm. and then make the same search in attempt to triangulate the signal of where Carrie was to where Carrie's going. So the time rotor rises and falls, the grinding and groaning and wheezing of, uh, of engines, and then there's that thunk as the TARDIS lands, and the visualizer above the TARDIS shows you the, the village of the tribe that you know you were heading to. But yeah, the Artron Trail is uh, pretty firm here. This Artron Trail uh, seems to be going from here into the Vortex and into Earth uh, circa 2020. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to follow that lead then. Okay. Uh, again, the, the grinding and groaning of engines as the TARDIS takes flight. You follow this Artron trail uh, in the vortex and it takes you to uh, Earth, Burbank specifically, circa 2020, maybe uh, somewhere between uh, six and nine months after you first encountered Carrick. Oh, good, I can still go to that Fry's Electronics. Um... <laughs> R.I.P. I didn't want to land on Earth in 2020, but if this is where my friend is, I need to find out. So I would like you to do a roll here, uh, and it is a roll for the TARDIS you are currently in. Okay. And I would like you to do awareness and subterfuge. Interesting. All right. Uh, with uh, plus two for Vortex. Okay. That is a 16. Okay. That, I'm going to put that in yes territory. So when your TARDIS materializes in Burbank circa 2020, what does it look like? Um, I'm going to say, where in Burbank am I landing? Um, I would say that where you are, I'm thinking kind of uh, Magnolia Boulevard, kind of not too far away from the Taco Bell. Okay. Uh, I think it actually looks like... Um... I love it. I love what you're doing right now. I just realized that uh, it looks like a smoker that people can line up at to get uh, food, but it's currently closed. 
Oh, I dig it. Okay. Well, I don't know. Am I, am um, I landing on a Saturday or Sunday, or am I landing on a reg- on a weekday? I mean, I wouldn't land on a Sunday, obviously, but it's a Thursday. Okay. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a smoker that someone might on a weekend come line up at to get a tasty barbecue treat. Uh, so I'm, or isn't there isn't there like a, th- a little guy outside the um that that convenience store looks like a little waiter kind of like yes yes <laughs> yeah yep. looks like that oh yeah yeah that's what it is it looks like that guy it is it, it, like it like kind of places that guy that little statue yeah that's perfect um so you materialize the statue that you're I guess materializing around appears in the TARDIS console room yeah um and the display uh. Uh, lights up with the surroundings of your of uh, where you are and where you are right now you are on a street in Burbank uh, in kind of the Magnolia Park area and uh, as the display lights up you can see uh, about 20 feet down the road uh, your TARDIS that that familiar shape of that blue box um, as the doors are opening to reveal Carrie and the master uh, emerging Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna try to watch them from a distance before I make my, my presence known immediately because I want to make sure Carrie's not in a situation where if I run up, it will put her in harm's way. Okay. Um, so you are watching as the as they emerge from the TARDIS. Uh, Carrie and the Master as the Doctor. What are you What are you doing in this moment? I would say I probably go out first uh, with my bat and like wave for the my the Doctor I'm currently with to follow suit so you had previously mentioned uh possibly taking a cat with you what is happening on that front oh right yeah no gunther is most definitely in that like space pod uh but instead of being a monster and wearing gunther on my back gunther's like front facing you know like on my stomach oh i I, so i just want to confirm so you're wearing it's one of those backpacks with a with it has that kind of the dome it looks kind of like one of the 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 cat carrier player characters from among us yeah 100 percent like spaceship yeah. cat backpack. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, the spaceship, I'm doing, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm doing Grogu and Mando with uh <laughs> with uh Gunther. And you so so you have a front facing Gunther. Fantastic. Yes. Front facing Gunther. It's a Gunther Bjorn, right- you might say. <laughs> <laughs> Gunther Bjorn, I love it. Yeah, Gunther Bjorn, bat in right hand. Would you say that Carrie comes with a Gunther seat? Oh, oh. <laughs> No, we wouldn't say that. Okay. The one thing that you do notice immediately is the streets are deserted and most of the businesses seem to be closed. Uh, Doc, there's nobody here. Are we sure this is right? And I'm pretty sure at this point, since Gunther hissed earlier, I'm sure Gunther's giving like that. Or no? No? Yeah, absolutely. Yes? yes? Okay. All right. I'm definitely picking that up because it's hard to... If anybody has cat experience, it's hard to ignore that. (laughs) Oh, nothing gets by you, just as I remembered. There's so many things that I've forgotten. So many things. I almost forgot the sound of your voice. It's been so long. That moment that I went down was not a moment. I was gone for years. I've been trying to prevent your death, Carrie. I've seen it over and over again. I cannot watch you die one more time. I need you to wait for me. Here, 
I will be back for you. But I have to stop this. I cannot watch you die one more time. It is breaking my heart. Please, Carrie, do this for me. Wait for me right here. I will stop this. Doc, you know, all humans die, so... I've seen it over and over again. I've tried I... to prevent it. I've tried to stop it. Each time we've gone together. And every time you've died. Years and years. And now, I've nearly forgotten what you looked like. I've forgotten every little line. But this time, this time I have it. Just wait for me here. Just wait for me here and promise me you will be safe. I will save you this time. I cannot watch you die again. Please, wait. Now, Gunther is giving me bad vibes. She's she's really losing it here, Doc. I think we should go back in the TARDIS. Both of no, us. No, no, no. No, you cannot. You cannot. I cannot have this happen again. I think at this point, I step, I think I'm going to, like, out myself at this point. So I, I step into view, and I, I think there are some, like, shrubberies and stuff around there. So I think I kind of come around the yes. corner from one of those. And I just go, oh, you do love to go on with your plans, don't you? Who, who are you? Carrie, think hard. You have heard this voice before. You heard a recording with this voice. The day of the universal fire. It was a Carrie, voice that stop her! pompously mocked us for doing the right thing. But it wasn't yeah. really this voice, Carrie. Something happened. Something has changed. Carrie, that don't man listen. you are with is not the doctor. I am the doctor. Gunther? Carrie looks down at Gunther, and I, I'm just imagining Gunther reaching out with two little paws and, like, touching my face. And, like, uh, I have animal friendship? Is it animal friendship? Mm -hmm. Is that how... I mean, this is so uh, wacky, but we're all wacky here. I think Gunther's eyes are kind of transfixed on uh, the Doctor as the Master. I'm thinking at this point, it's looking like my only recourse is to violently shove her away and dive into the tar TARDIS. All right. Uh, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> I, go I've ahead been and left give no me... choice oh, here. Actually, can I, no. can I make a contested roll against what he tries to do? Ooh! What do you want to do, do? As he tries to jump into the TARDIS, I want to snap mm -hmm. my fingers and have the TARDIS door shut on him. Ooh. I th okay, so here's what I think this is going to be. I would like, uh, I would like, the the master is the doctor. That's you, Dino. I would like you to roll coordination and athletics to dash back into the TARDIS. Uh, for the doctor as the master, Riley, that is going to be presence and technology, and you're rolling against each other. Do I get any bump for Time Lord since it's my TARDIS? It's your TARDIS. I'm going to give you a plus four. Cool. Oh wow. Okay. Sixteen. I got 16. I got a twenty-two. Oh yikes! Yikes and wow. Alright. Uh uh the master is the doctor. You 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 push carry away and turn to leap into the TARDIS, mm -hmm. but the doctor is the master uh snaps her fingers and the TARDIS door slams shut in front of you. Awesome. Ah 
Could I use my Sonic to try and get it back open? You do have the Dr. Sonic screwdriver in your pocket. You have you one could, more point on You could on absolutely it. do that. And you have one more story point on that thing as well. Yes. I need is, to get right. in this maybe, thing get the hell out of here. Is, maybe it, instead of running away, we could just have a conversation. I'm not interested. I'm trying to get in that TARDIS and get away. Is it possible that while he is figuring that out, Carrie tries to hit him in the back of the head with her bat? I mean, that all things are possible. Okay, um, I, I just wanted to throw it out there. Choose violence. Okay, so if you, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have Carrie do a strength and... I, sorry, go I ahead, Michael. We're, we've initiated a classic scene in the Doctor Who role-playing game, Ooh. including a talker, a doer, and a fighter. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, that just is as, it. Uh, quick engineer's note, little asterisk in the corner of the comic book page. I think it would be... Absolutely right. Okay, so uh, that means we're in a conflict. So it's going to be talkers, runners, doers, and fighters. Um, so I'm going to go around and ask everyone what their declared action will be. Dino, I assume yours is going to be mm -hmm. doer. You're trying to open the TARDIS door. Um, uh, Carrie, you've already said that you want to hit uh, the Masters of the Doctor upside the hat with your end baseball at bat. Yes. Um, Non-lethal. And... Non-lethal. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a talk. Okay. All right, so that means you go first. I'm not going to fight you. She might. She can. She's very good at it. She's good with that that. I've seen it. I want to say in the process of hearing that, Carrie switches. Like, she, she's going to aim a little harder. Like, uh, still, non-lethal. Non-lethal. But we're going for pure knockout. No, like, concussion. No, like, headache. We're going for, like, pure knockout. And you're sure you want to brain Dino? Yeah, while while he's busy okay. trying to trying to fit fiddle faddle, what when is there a more opportune time? All right, so here's what I'm gonna do because Dino's action requires that he spends a story point. I'm gonna have that be predicated on whether or not uh, uh, Carrie is able to to successfully hit him with the baseball bat. Got you. Um, and if Carrie fails at that point, Dino can spend the story point and open the door. If Carrie uh, uh, succeeds then Dino can be uh, rendered unconscious or uh, depending on how severe the hit is. Um, so what I would like to do, uh, Carrie, if you could please roll strength and fighting. And uh, I would like uh, the master, Dino, if you could please roll uh, coordination and athletics. 15. Dang it! I was at 13! But I, ah! will, I will spend story points. I will... So right now you're at a no but. If you if you spend the story point, it's going to be a yes but. Why not yes but? You know what? Let's let's give it a yes but instead. I was I was originally aiming for a yes, but I like yes buts. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do with the yes but. I'm going to say with the yes but, uh, the master Dino, you are able to open the TARDIS door, but Carrie hits you just so that it actually. I think Carrie misses your head. I think Carrie doesn't knock you unconscious, mm -hmm. but does hit you on the back in such mm -hmm. a way that it kind of knocks you down and kind of you, you fall to your knees. Uh, and you have a moment of shock where you've just been kind of physically hit. And that probably hurts quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and I am going to have you take, uh, uh, right now, um, your uh, strength. Uh, go ahead and reduce your strength by one on your character sheet. Okay. Because we are in so close proximity when i kind of miff it is there a way for carrie just to go like you know full like superman her body and like try to like dog pile on top of 
the master who's like I'm, I'm guessing like they're they're probably on their like if you get hit in the back like you're gonna go down to your knees at least yeah i mean my thought is i i would just roll over and try to kick the doors closed i mean would i be able to kick the doors closed and somehow lock it uh well i would say you're not all the way you've got the door open but you're not in oh, the tardis great. so okay. you're kind of at the at the door so i think that uh right now you're kind of at your knees carrie is kind of like nearby with the bat um, and I want to know what everyone wants to do ne next to determine whether we're still in a conflict or whether something else is going to play out. The doctor drops to her knees in the street and says, mm -hmm. I surrender to the master. Oh, that stops Carrie, right? Like she was going to go in for a dog pile. It's like that anime moment of like midair, like what? And like just dead drop. <laughs> like no, no longer propulsion because like something has like something has changed. So hearing Riley say, I surrender, it like just takes the wind out of my sails and I don't like okay. leap as far. Okay, so you, I would, I was, the way I interpret that is like maybe, maybe you step forward to do the jump and then kind of stop right. yourself and. Essentially. Okay. Uh, Dino, how do you react to this? I, I I'm single minded. I just want to get in that TARDIS, close the door, and blow. Okay. Uh, Riley and Carrie, you watch the master step into the TARDIS and close the door. Oh, that's bad. And I turned towards uh, Riley's character. Every time I encounter that man, or woman, depending on the time, it's all about vengeance and one-upping me and defeating me in this strange chess match they want to play with me. And I'm done with it. I don't know how to make this so that the, doc the master can hear this, but I, I basically am saying, like, this is not a game that I want to play anymore. The master was my friend. Something happened and we became enemies. And he thinks of me constantly and he wants to fight me constantly. And all I want to do is be his friend again. And so fine. If he needs to win today, if that will calm whatever rage is in his heart, I have to let it happen. Wow. I wish somebody was filming that. That was a really moving speech. Dang. Somebody should write that down. Uh, Dino, as, you're, as you are uh, at the console getting ready to take off, you are able to hear all of that over the, over the scanner. And I would also like to remind you that the Doctor's TARDIS does have a an external speaker system if you wanted to use it. One day you'll Not come to back. Your hand, just wanted to remind you it's there. <laughs> One day you'll come back. Yes, you'll come back. No, okay, sorry. I didn't mean to step on your line there, Ben. I'm sorry. Well, old friend, perhaps it's time to bring this to an end. That's when I would like to launch the TARDIS. Is there a way... How do I jump around without the doctor being... to Im immediately be able to follow me? It's like the other, the only other solution I could think of is jumping back to the bay and Gallifrey, grabbing another TARDIS and taking off. But then, couldn't that be tracked? I mean, how do I, how do I jump to another time, another place? Or is it possible? Or is this, is the Doctor just always going to be on my heels? Doctor's not uh, chasing. Well, doctor's not chasing you. If, uh, if you wanted to. Uh, to make some kind of modification to the TARDIS, you can do that, but the Doctor's made it very clear that she does not want to follow you. 
Okay. I, I do. I do want to push back on the ability of the master to permanently affect my TARDIS. I think that is true. You know, that's I, fair. I, I mean, I think I, I'm like I actively. I'm saying sincerely as a player that my doctor is not going to pursue him. That she has decided mm. that not that that the master will always escalate whatever she tries to do to stop him and make things worse in the long run. So she is letting him go, and that is fine. But I think that if he's going to do anything genocidal, I want to believe that my TARDIS would stop him from doing it. Because she has a mind of her own, and she has taken me places that I didn't want to go to when it was where I needed to be. So I, I'm pu- I'm I'm not sure what he's going to do with what I told him, and I can't control Dino's way of playing his character. So I think like how he chooses to play the master. But I I do want to put faith in the fact that my TARDIS at least would prevent the major catastrophe. I love that. And your TARDIS still has my cat in it. I have Gunther, but Mister Measers is still in there. <laughs> She's still there. Dino, how would you like to proceed? (laughs) Well, I would want to set coordinates to go back uh, or go ahead only just a few years while I'm whizzing to another part of the planet, activate communications and make an announcement to world powers. This is the doctor, the president of the earth. I have a very important announcement I would like to make, and I will be making it in about five minutes. Starting to get a little overcast right now. They're kind of gray clouds, and it's looking... It's its a gloomy Burbank day. There aren't many of those, but this is certainly one of those. Um, Carrie, uh, I would like to remind you that uh, the person you're speaking to is not the person... Or from like the way your your eyes, your ears are telling you this is not the person that you have been uh, traveling with, but the attitude certainly is is the doctor, um, and you are standing there in front of the uh, uh, in front of the TARDIS that Riley procured from Gallifrey as the clouds come in. I'm sorry, I would invite you back to my place, but this is 2020, and I think I got taken 29. Yeah, my stuff. Yeah, it's gone. It's probably uh, something else now. <laughs> I wow, your landlords are very. Uh, we could have checked back in if you. Anyway, um, it, it's I, North Hollywood, you know. I I don't actually. I'm not. I'm not from here. Um, oh, that's I, right. I go to this other TARDIS that I have, and I do I do lock on to a signal to my old TARDIS, just like as mm-hmm. a scan essentially. And then I would reach out to whatever remnants of the unit and Torchwood are left and, like, make them aware of what's happening so that they aren't, like, caught completely off guard if the, do- the doctor arrives and does something. So I don't think I don't want to go so far as say that, like, I would, like, seed his plan because I don't want to undercut the player that much. But I do think mm-hmm. that if, like, several years have I think I think the doctor and Carrie stay on Earth. For the next several years, and they keep a vigilant guard waiting for the master to come back. Ooh, spicy. I I really like that. It's Um, a real uh, Martha Jones wandering the earth for a year kind of vibe. I want to cut to Dino as the master, as the doctor for a moment, and the TARDIS is is in flight. And you have a a, a sudden pang in your head, a headache. Um, And it just just hits you hard and fast like like an ice pick in your temple. And uh, so much so that you kind of take a step back and kind of close your eyes and, and tilt your head down. And when you open your eyes again, you are not inside your TARDIS. 
and you are not wearing the doctor's attire. You are wearing your attire. You're wearing that long uh, leather jacket with the uh, with the the ornate collaring. Um, I think we had specifically said it's reminiscent of Sean Connery's outfit in Highlander Two. Um, and you are in kind of this this kind of uh, ethereal kind of uh, purple, pink, blue space, and all around you are flashes of. Um, you can see moments from the the doctor's life kind of surrounding you in kind of like a, there's one nebula where you can see um you can see the uh the, the the this incarnation of the doctor our doctor waking up in her predecessor's clothes and then in another you can see the pac miss missile base in hawaii and the the giant crab and then you turn to look in another direction and you see the doctor as you met her on Nark in on, in the village, wearing her long coat, uh, with her hair in space buns, and this is this is not the Doctor. This is an echo of the Doctor from the timeline as it was before. And Riley, I would like you to pick a moment from the Doctor's life. This is really tough. Um. I think I wanted to the moment when we were breaking through again from the other universe. Only in my mind, Carrie's there as well. In my, I'm imagining, even though even though Carrie wasn't there for that, I just I don't want to cut out Joe from something. Like I, I like that. I, I love that moment so much. But I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what how that could work. But I just I think that the moment of that was the moment where I really felt like this show put its own feet on the ground and really became like its own distinct understanding of the doctor and stuff like that so i think for me that's the moment that i really want to like hone in on like the the friendship the connection the the echo of riley's doctor snaps her fingers and suddenly you are in the the space between realities uh you are you see in front of you you see kind of this wireframe tardis the uh the police box with the exterior walls stripped away it's like a it's like an unrendered 3d model and in the center of it somehow inside of it and also so large outside of it you see uh, our doctor riley clinging to the tardis console with her friends whizzing breaking out of one collapsing reality and attempting to uh rejoin the prime reality the main reality to save uh, a colony from from disaster. Riley, I want you to put yourself in the mindset of the echo of Guinan that exists in the Nexus in Star Trek Generations. Okay. Um, as as Dino as the master is watching this moment, um, you are kind of his guide. Uh, uh, Dino, you're you've not had this experience before. You've you you don't know uh, what is what is happening, but you just know that you are wash, watching this Tardis console kind of just carooming through uh, the, the space between realities as parts of the exterior are being pulled away, torn off as this TARDIS is giving the last of itself to to help the Doctor. It's quite something, isn't it? What? You, you, you! Always you! Why, here we are. Do you like what you see? Look around you. Do you remember this place? You remember these people? Tell me, what do you remember? Huh? 
I remember you. I remember your words. I remember that feeling that you loved so, so very much. But you forgot what I loved. The peace that I had. That you, you took from me. I haven't forgotten it for a single day. It lingers. I remember it. I remember everything. I remember our childhoods together. I remember the fun that we used to have. I remember so long ago on a spaceship docked near a black hole when I looked you in the eye and I told you to be kind. And for a moment, for a brief moment in your existence, you did it. And then you went right back to burning the universe again. And I don't know what else I can do to stop you from doing that. I don't know how to solve the hurt that is in your heart, but it's all that I want to do. I don't ever want to fight you again. I'm tired. I I had forgotten all of that. I didn't care about our childhood. I didn't care about our juvenile spats throughout the eons. I had peace. And there was nothing, nothing I could do to stop you. Every little thing I tried, I could not stop you. But I figured it out this time. It won't be me. It will be you. Your words. You. And you will feel the hurt and the pain that I've had to endure. I cannot rip it out of my mind. And you will feel all of it. Do you honestly think that I don't feel hurt and pain every single day of my existence? Adric. Donna. You're, miss- you're missing the point. No, I'm not, Master. You're, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. The point is, I don't care anymore. All the care in me has died. I am nothing more than a shell of vengeance. <laughs> How overly dramatic of me. <laughs> I can't go back. I've tried. I've tried over and over to undo what you did and get that peace back, but it is a fixed point in time! It was a lie. But it was my lie. You don't find peace by forgetting the pain. You find peace by living with the pain. You don't think that I spent 2,000 years seeing the face of every single person on Gallifrey that I thought I burned? You don't think that I see the memories of the Brigadier, of River Song, of Adric, of Susan, your Susan, my Susan? Every time I've seen that pain in your eyes, and I don't go back. I can't go back, and you can't go back either. There is no going back. It's going forward. That is what we do. We don't 
erase our own pain. We spend our time trying to stop others from feeling that pain. We try to look at the chaos that we cause and we are part of. And we say this is where we draw the line. Nobody else will feel this ever again. I regret what happened to you on that planet, and it wasn't even that much my fault, and yet I still feel sorry for it. If I could take every ounce of vengeance out of your body and give it to me and let it, I would love to actually be the master and let your rage consume me, because then it wouldn't consume you anymore, but I can't do that. All I can do is ask you to just move forward and try to find a real peace for yourself. Not a lie, not, a, not an erased memory, but a truth, your truth. Words. Your words. Your words. That's the thing, That's, Master. That's the Doctor's that. not here. The Doctor is back on Earth. This is... This is all your brain talking to me. That's not possible. Do a scan. It's, it's, it's not possible. These... Your words are the weapon. Your words have always been the weapon. These are your words, not mine. Not mine. No, 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 no. This is, this is some trickery of yours to once again stop the master in his tracks. <laughs> I recognize your words. I recognize the trickery. You're talking to the master. Remember that. And you realize, as you have been saying those final words, that you are saying them to the this console you are back in your console room and there is a a voice on the intercom that says uh you're on hold with the world leaders i believe you wanted to make some kind of announcement was that the announcement or um, did you have something else you wanted to say please press one if you would like to to make a world declaration in english please press two for espanol yes <laughs> I can either speak through communications system of the TARDIS, or I can take a communications unit and step out of the TARDIS. Where, where would the TARDIS have landed? Right in the middle of Stonehenge. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you are, the TARDIS has materialized in the center of Stonehenge, and you can absolutely take out a little portable communicator. Stepping out. I am quite shaken by this experience we've just had. Just, wow, I'm shaken. Citizens of the Earth, your words, your words. And citizens of the universe at large, I have a very important announcement to make. Forgive me if these words sound a little familiar. Your words. Hello, Stonehenge. Who stops the doctor takes the earth. But bad news, everyone. Guess who? Listen, you lot, because I am talking! 
The question of the hour is who is protecting Earth? Answer, I am. Next question, who's coming to take it from me? Come on, look at me. No plan, no backup, no weapons worth a damn. Oh, and something else, I don't have anything to lose. So for all you denizens of the universe, sitting up there in your silly little spaceships with all your silly little guns, and you've got any plans on taking this planet, just imagine who will be standing in your way. Because it won't be me. As of this moment, I am retired. The Earth is yours. Riley, as the Doctor, as the Master, uh, it has been a couple of years since you watched the TARDIS dematerialize. And during that time, you and Carrie have been living in the Burbank area. You get regular reports from UNIT, from the uh, from countermeasures, from various other uh, organizations uh, around the globe. Um, and you have uh, lo most likely parked your TARDIS somewhere. Where, where do you want to have parked your TARDIS during this time? Uh, I think that if it's in Burbank, I have parked it near the Burbank Mall, across from the Burbank, the 16-seat cinema. And it takes the place of, it takes the form of a certain big caped superhero. Uh, oh, marvelous. Yeah, one that maybe is a fan <laughs> of, of, of being out at night when it's dark. Perfect. So I want uh, anyone who who's listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, just Google Burbank statue and see what comes up. I'm sure it'll be fine. There's a lot um, of statues in Burbank that might not be enough. Yeah, I was like, uh, Burbank, Burbank Town Center statue. That's yeah. a little bit more yeah. I like that I'm, like, avoiding a, a trademarked character, even though I DM'd a show that was all about a certain theme park. I and also, I, this I, is I th Doctor Who. Uh, anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, for me, it's just about preserving the surprise for people who don't know, so when they Google fair. it, they're like, oh, That's wow. fair. Yeah. Um, but uh, right now, you and uh, you and Carrie are currently traveling with some friends. You are heading somewhere, and you are. It's a long journey. Um, it is long and loud, and you are taking a moment to to rest. And as you rest, you suddenly find yourself no longer in the vehicle you were traveling in. Um, suddenly, you are in this this vast ethereal space filled with swirling reds and oranges and blacks and all around you are different scenes from the master's life you see um you see him handing a plastic daffodil to someone in one one swirling nebula and another you see him hopscotching across a red and white tiled floor in another you see him shooting and killing uh president winters of the united states as the toclophane make their appearance um and standing next to you a lot calmer than you have seen him recently is Dino's master in that long black leather jacket with the collar and you now realize as well you are wearing your regular doctor attire your coat your tights your hair is up in the bun you've probably over the last couple of years kind of made your wardrobe more your own again um, but this is very much the sort of attire you were in when you were uh, traveling in the TARDIS and Dino, I would like you to pick a moment from the master's life for Riley's Doctor to witness, whether that is something from uh, the last adventure that we did together, Family, in season two, or whether it's something from the show, uh, whatever you would like it to be. Their hands were brown 
it was stained from furrowing in the earth for growing the food that they ate. I thought there was something noble about that. It drove me to my knees, made me want to dig right alongside them. Cool earth and watching all of this grow, all of this life was beautiful, truly beautiful, my penance was. Interesting. I never saw that kind of beauty. Only here. You saw it, didn't you? I did. Tell me, did I seem kind to these people? Did I seem, I don't know, fatherly, protector, worthy of their love? Did you see that? I, I did, in your, in your way, but I did, yes. That was a miracle, Doctor. A miracle. I chased you across the galaxy, and you chased me back. And it led me there. Isn't that amazing? We have two hearts. I guess one was dedicated toward pain. And the other led me here. And I never would have been there without you. I thank you for that. From both hearts. It was beautiful. I apologize for my parts and you losing it from both of mine and more. As strange as this may sound, Doctor, I believe you, and I thank you. I've always felt a jealousy, a pain. I've always felt that you had the life that I wanted, to tell the rules they meant nothing, and just go and be lauded. I had to be the opposite. Interesting how I found what I was looking for, and it had nothing to do with you. Yet you led me there. You're like the polar opposite, but I was the wrong side. Like, like bread, butter spread on it, how it falls from hands and lands, butter side down. That was me, spread out. I accept your apology, but can you accept mine for all the pain that I caused you, for I know I have wronged you? I accept it and more, and I forgive it, and I will accept it every time. I would give anything to go back there, anything, but I can't. But you know, it is better that I had it than to have not had it at all. It is better. Don't you think so, Doctor? I do. Those memories, those people, that love. Yes, this is better. And the surroundings of the village, of the people, of the farm, and the huts 
the trees on Nark begin to dissolve away as you return to the vehicle. Riley, you are awoken by a sound uh, coming from the radio of the, uh, the unit chopper that you are currently in with Carrie and with some old friends. And it is the sound of the master's voice making that declaration at Stonehenge, making that proclamation, that retirement proclamation. And you are already flying back towards the United States from Europe. You, you had an adventure in France that will remain undocumented until Big Finish reaches out to us for licensing. Uh, uh, when uh, the, uh, the pilot uh, picks up this reset, this, this recording, you can hear this transmission. And you hear the, the, the master echoing your words and uh, proclaiming to the world to basically come and get it. What do you do? An old friend is here. Let's go say hello. Sergeant Barton is at the, uh, the yoke of the, the chopper and they turn to you and they say, it seems like the signal's coming from Stonehenge. Would you like to intercept? Oh, we don't need to. That message was just for us. The moment has been prepared for. The Master, you are at Stonehenge uh, with the Doctor's TARDIS, having just completed your transmission when you hear the Drop sound. Drop the mic. You dropped the mic and you just hear the sound. You begin to hear the sound on the horizon, like a, uh, like a chopper, like a helicopter approaching your destination at speeds at which a human, an Earth chopper should not be able to achieve. Uh, what do you want to do in this moment? Well, my plan was to, like, go to the moon and watch everyone who ever wanted to destroy the Earth come. So it's like, okay, now what? So I would wait and see what's coming. Okay. Uh, this, uh, this chopper approaches and it lands and you recognize uh, the insignia of unit on the side of the chopper. Uh, those kinds of those kind of angular wings around the world, and the chopper lands, and the door opens, and uh, first a dog comes out, followed by a uh, human soldier in unit gear, uh, followed by who would like to lead next? I think it's me. It's you. Yeah. And then followed followed by uh, presumably Carrie. And you are at Stonehenge, where you've probably been once or twice before. I say probably, you've absolutely been here once or twice before. Um, with your TARDIS in the center of it, and you see the Master standing there. Hello, old friend. How did this happen? Unit? I thought I... You... Defunded and disbanded this wonderful little bunch of crew-cutted jar heads out to protect the Earth right alongside you, the Crusader. I'm hardly going to take credit for the UK's budget crises. However, there are a couple of helicopters still lying around. Which is good, because it means I can do this. And I give him a hug. You see that the Master is about to resist, but you put your arms around him anyway, and suddenly neither of you are in Stonehenge. The people who are with you are no longer here, and you are somewhere else entirely. You are standing in pastures of red grass under a, an orange sky, twin suns hanging uh, above, and you see two young men, 
running through the grass together. They are wearing the robes of uh, uh, Time Lord Academy students uh, in their teens. Maybe uh, maybe late teens, maybe early 20s by human standards, certainly by the, by the physical appearance. And they are running and laughing and having a wonderful moment together. And then they fall into the grass. You can't hear what they're saying, but you know the feeling of those words. You remember, both of you remember so vividly, so strongly, this moment in your personal history. This is the moment in your lives back at the academy, back when you were both just a pair of renegades at the beginning, before the beginning. And this is the conversation that split you. This is the conversation where you outlined to each other and chose who you wanted to be. And you are watching as these two younger versions of your earliest selves have this conversation together. I, I, I don't know how you're doing this, but there, 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 right there. You it's said, not me. You said the word forever. I didn't hear what came before. Why? Why did you say forever? What? What did you mean when you said the word forever? It was right there. I'd never forgotten it. What did you mean? meant forever. Forever what? That you would always be ahead of me? That you would always be one, one who was, was being praised? Or that our friendship was supposed to be forever? Is that it? I never knew. What did you mean by that? What did you mean by forever? I just meant forever. There's no value no quantity, no expectation, just you and me, forever bound to this moment, to those spaces in our lives, to whatever else. There's no answer. It's not a riddle to solve. I, I never forgot that word, forever. Never understood why you said it. I never wanted to ask. I didn't want to look stupid in front of you. Oh, what never. do you mean you don't know? So you I could never, never look stupid to me. Your brain is brilliant. It's amazing. It, it burns with the fire of thousands of suns and worlds, and I've always respected you for that. Really? You've always respected? You said forever. The, the time in, in the watch for me, hidden away, that, that was supposed to be forever. Chasing you to the ends of the galaxy, that was supposed to be forever. Bringing your death, that was supposed to be forever. Finding, finding my peace, that was supposed to be forever. A child's word, said from one child to another, and I never understood why. And the scenery around you begins to dissolve, and you're no longer on those red pastures on Gallifrey. You are in that kind of nebulous space before when you were having your respective flashbacks, and there are waves of 
green and purple, and again, these kind of nebulas, these orbs, these ripples of memories. But instead of it being moments from the Doctor's history or from the Master's history, it's moments when you worked together. When you worked together to stop the Daleks. When you worked together to stop the Slavine. All those years ago. When you... Every time that the Doctor and the Master have had to work together, the Twelfth Doctor and Missy on that, on that spaceship, every single time when you have had to be a united front is laid out in front of you like choosing a movie on Netflix. And you are standing there. And as you look to your sides, you can see those echo versions of yourselves watching and smiling as you are now in this shared space. Sometimes forever just means forever. That forever is spinning around us now. And do you know? Do you know what I feel, Doctor? Do you know what I feel? Shame. Shame. I feel shame. Look at us. I always saw us as two sides. The same coin, light and dark, good and bad. Look at us. Look at what we accomplished. It's, it's inconceivable to me. How, how did this get this far? By running. And suddenly you are no longer alone. In as much as you can be alone with two Echo versions of yourself, but even they have gone now. But you are standing in this space with a face that you both recognize. It is a face that brings to the Master a certain amount of joy and warmth and loss. And to the Doctor, reminds her of the day her friend Roman passed away. Standing before you, is the entity that had posed as the Master's granddaughter. Susan, the Reaper Cortex, standing in the void with you. <laughs> I, I hold him, like, Susan. tenderly. Susan! It's me! I thought I'd lost you when I lost my peace. Please, please come to me. Please. I'm going to offer you the I hardest choice you. of your lives, Grandfather. Would you like to go back or forward? With you or without you? As if forward is without you, I'd rather go back. Please. I had peace with you. Please. I can set things right, but there's a cost. What? Anything? One of your lives. It's yours. It's yours. No. No. Take... take one of mine. I helped break his peace. I'll pay the cost to bring it back. You would do that for me. You, you, you would do that for me. Forever. <gasps> and Susan snaps her fingers 
and there is a great flash of white light. Carrie and the doctor in her own clothes and Sergeant Barton and Sergeant Puppers stand there. The master is nowhere to be seen. He is gone. The man known as the protector, as the big guy, wakes up in his cabin. He's had the most uncomfortable dream of his life, the most terrible, terrible nightmare. And he wakes. It's early in the morning. The sun has barely risen. He looks around. He sees the machinery he has built to protect the village on Nark. He sees, he sees his furniture, his clothes. He sees an old leather coat that he wears. And he sees, sitting in a chair beside him, like she's fallen asleep, talking to him, his granddaughter, Susan. Susan. Yeah. Yes, yes, grandfather. Ah, I'm dry. Would you, would you get an old man a drink? Please. Of course. I think it's, it's going to be quite lovely out. I think we should, uh, I think we should begin the harvest. Don't you? I think it's time to dig. Time to start growing. Yes. Today. So you are at Stonehenge. Uh, you are back in your rightful place in time. Sergeant Barton uh, looks at you, Doctor. I, I guess... Does this mean you won't be coming back with us to continue our work for... Unit? What's what's the plan here? Oh, uh... Ah! Ah! I, Are you okay? No, I just... It costs a lot. Um, I'll probably be back at some point, you know, I, I, business as usual for me and, and Unit. Uh, it's been a good couple of years, uh, I had a lot of fun, and, um, um, yeah, um, I'm gonna get something from my TARDIS. Carrie, come with me. Aye, aye, mon capitan. And then... Like and the doctors want to do, I go in my TARDIS and immediately take off and leave them behind without saying goodbye. Okay. Except, yeah, except for they... I give a little pup, little little pet, little rub to the head, of Sergeant Puppers, and a little scratch under the chin, and then and then I stumble in a lot of pain into my TARDIS. Okay. Yeah. You step into your TARDIS, and Sergeant Barton and Sergeant Puppers watch with a lot of wheezing and groaning as your TARDIS dematerializes, and you are inside of your TARDIS. Uh, feeling that that discomfort. Ah! Hey, Doc, are you okay? You, 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 you just you don't you never complain, ever. I've never heard you complain. Uh, well, that seems like a lie. But um, oh, oh, uh, I gave I gave the master a little bit of myself to help him on his way. He went the he didn't go the direction I would have liked, but. He went the direction he needed to. That sounds very messy. I'm very sorry. Ah! Oh! oh Carrie, uh, Carrie, uh, right. Carrie, I need yeah. to warn you that my, my people have a thing. Um, it's 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 gonna be a a bit strange for a while for you, but I I just want you to know 
you were brilliant. And and I would have run with you forever. You can always be the forest to my gump, Doc. <laughs> Different Bob's oh, really? film. I, I want to tell you to be safe, but we've discussed how that's never going to happen. So oh, you know, swing well. away. Swing away. Do what you got to do. And be nice to me, because I'm going to need it. I'm always nice to you, Doctor. I'm not... I mean, I like to think I'm generally a nice person, but ugh. you should ask Stacy. I don't know a Stacy! Ah. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, oh. uh, Gunther, meow, meow. Meow, 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 hurt, meow. <laughs> you begin to feel that sensation, that warmth in your hands as the regeneration energy starts to build and grow. Slowly, it spreads throughout the rest of your body, through your chest, your stomach, your arms and legs. This is always the least unpleasant part of a regeneration, like drinking a warm mug of cocoa after coming in from the cold. Before long, that warm cocoa feeling gives way to pressure that builds and builds, the comfort shifting to pain that swallows you whole before exploding in an eruption of energy. It crackles and courses through your body, bursting outward, burning away who you were, revealing who you will become. We've seen it dozens of times. A doctor falls, a doctor rises. We've seen it dozens of times. A doctor falls, a doctor rises. It's different every time. Sometimes a face fades into another. Sometimes it's like burning, like layers of yourself being stripped away brutally and violently. Sometimes it's as easy as a sneeze. The quick and uneventful passing of a part of you that you've been holding onto for so long that letting go feels like quietly letting go of a burden but it always hurts. How couldn't it? No matter the optimism, the good you could do with this new time that you've been given, the lives you've saved by giving up another of your own, it's, it's always still a goodbye, isn't it? An old friend who held on as long as they could, but eventually had to leave you. And so it is, yet again. The doctor as you knew her steps away from you, leaving you behind. And who are you? Are, are you the doctor? Too soon to tell. As the pain dissipates, you find yourself again standing in her TARDIS. Sorry, your TARDIS. The all too familiar feeling of a set of ill-fitting clothes, heavy scuffed Doc Martin boots, torn pinstripe bootcut trousers, a mismatched vest, button-up cardigan, and a long blue crushed velvet coat, and a scarf that falls to the ground. As you reflectively run your hands across your body to check for new distinctions, the first thing you notice is that her trademark hair, the wild, stubborn curls that she'd, you, often stick up into space buns to get out of your face, are gone. As you run your hand across your chin, you feel the distantly familiar sensation of whiskers scratching against your fingertips. As your eyes begin to focus again, you notice the familiar face of your companion, your friend, Carrie, staring, concerned, perhaps a little afraid, at you, 
as you opened your mouth to speak to her. You're surprised to find the tone of your new voice eerily familiar. The call of a cherished friend, as if a sign left behind to reassure you you're going to be okay. What do you say, Doctor? My head is cold. Oh, ooh, ooh, this, this voice is rubbish. My face, my face is so warm. Oh, uh, oh. And the doctor plucks one of the hairs from his chin and looks at it. It's happened. Carrie, it's happened. And you're a dude. Oh, dude? I don't care about that, but it's happened. Carrie, I'm finally ginger. Really? That's, that's the drop? That's the drop? <laughs> This reunion with an old friend, separated by the space of moments, is, as often in these cases, all too brief. Because, Doctor, as you should probably have learned by now, this thing you do, this survival ability, is not without its chaotic side. The cloister bell of your TARDIS tolls with the oncoming sense of danger. Those ancient rotors wheeze almost as in pain as they try to absorb the shock of the massive amount of regeneration energy you've unleashed into the heart of it. This beautiful blue box, your home shakes with intent as you felt her do before, as if trying to eject you from her halls before any harm can come to either of you. But there's not enough time. As the cloister bell strikes again, an ominous booming chime, everything in your vision. Carrie, a pair of cats, a 90s coffee shop console, and an unassuming TV VCR combo give way to a brilliant white light. The last thing you see as your TARDIS explodes. <laughs>